when a person is murdered the motive behind the killings is usually driven by emotions such as anger a desire for revenge or sometimes a disturbed mindset leading one to take another person's life but murder due to one's satisfaction and amusement is a very rare motive when we think about psychopaths like jeffrey dahmer ted bundy the night stalker their motivation for committing such crimes often falls under personal satisfaction or just for the sense of fun but do such individuals still exist in the current time well back in 2016 the united kingdom had a chilling answer nurses are regarded as the backbone of hospitals and these medical institutions depend heavily on their dedication and care so when a nurse decides to target her patients particularly the most vulnerable among them all it sends shock waves throughout the country as the list of her victim grows the world is confronted with one of the most ruthless serial killers in recent history this is the case of the child serial killer lucy ledby Welcome to Shades of Macabre, a podcast that aims to bring you some of the worst murder cases from across the world. The case that I'm covering today is undeniably one of the most challenging ones I've encountered. Not because of the explicit violence involved in the murders, but due to the individuals at the center of it. When children are the primary victims of any crime, it becomes difficult to discuss them. So, When I stumbled upon the case of a child serial killer, I knew it would be a tough topic to cover. Lucy Ledby's case is rightfully described as one of the most horrifying instances of a child murder in modern Britain. In a year, Lucy is accused of killing 8 children and attempting to murder 7 others. Throughout her time as a nurse, She allegedly targeted a total of 22 innocent children, young souls who could not even cry out for help. To understand Lucy's case fully and provide a complete overview, I'll divide it into two parts. In this week's episode, I'll dive into her background and her early career as a nurse and provide a timeline of each victim. Next week in part 2, We'll explore the details surrounding her arrest and what transpired during her 9-month-long trial. So stay tuned. Lucy Ledby was born on January 4th, 1990 in Hereford, a city located in West England. She grew up as the only child of her parents, John and Susan Ledby, who worked as a retail manager and accounts clerk. Lucy's birth had been a difficult one for her mother and this experience left Lucy feeling deeply grateful towards the nurses who helped save her life. This sense of gratitude and respect played a significant role in motivating her to pursue a career in nursing. Lucy was perceived as somewhat awkward and geeky 
she maintained an average nursing career and was known for being reserved, keeping to herself. She grew up in a pleasant middle-class neighborhood in Hereford and pursued her education at a prestigious university to study nursing. With the assistance of her parents, she purchased a house near her hospital. Due to her demanding work schedule, which included night shifts and frequent overtime and weekend shifts, her neighbors didn't often see her around. Lucy had a habit of maintaining an extensive diary where she meticulously recorded her work shifts in blue ink and social engagements in pink. She would diligently check off her completed tasks, including the delivery of a washing machine, reflecting her structured and detail-oriented nature. In 2011, Lucy achieved her nursing certificate, becoming the first member of her family to graduate from the University of Chester with a degree in nursing. Her journey in the nursing profession began at the neonatal unit's intensive care unit, where they provide specialized care for ill or premature newborn infants. In a 2013 profile featured in the Chester Standard, a local newspaper, Lucy described her role as a neonatal nurse, stating that her job involved caring for a diverse range of babies who required varying levels of support. By 2015, Lucy had obtained the necessary certification to care for infants in the neonatal unit, and she was also qualified to work in the intensive care unit, the NICU. However, she had a preference for working in the neonatal unit, finding her duties in the regular ward to be boring. Lucy would enthusiastically share her experiences at the hospital with her parents, and also feel satisfied with her single life. She even actively participated in a campaign to raise funds for the hospital's neonatal unit, highlighting her commitment to her work. What proceeds next provides information about the timeline when she began targeting infants and the dates on which the hospital management either established review committees or meetings to discuss these unusual deaths. During the period of these murders in 2015, Lucy was employed at the Countess of Chester Hospital, located in Chester, UK. Having completed her training, she was among the few qualified nurses entrusted with the care of babies in the neonatal unit. On June 7, 2015, a pair of premature twins, Baby A, and baby B were transferred to the neonatal unit. The following day, June 8th, Lucy began her night shift at the hospital around 8 p.m., already running 30 minutes behind her schedule. By this time, the pediatric registrar, Dr. Sally Ogden, who managed both inpatients and outpatients as well as emergency cases, had already completed her shift for the day. Baby A, a baby boy, initially appeared to be in good health. He was breathing on his own without the need of supplement oxygen and was being fed with breast milk. However, his condition suddenly began to deteriorate. At 8.26pm, Lucy urgently called the doctor to attend to baby A in his incubator, prompting the on-call consultant to be alerted as well. 
both medical professionals noted that the baby's skin displayed an unusual coloration with patches of pink on the background of blue skin that appeared and disappeared despite multiple efforts to save him baby a passed away at 8:56 pm he succumbed to his condition 90 minutes after lucy started her shift the cause of his death was determined to be air injected into his bloodstream on june 9th the parents of baby a were still in shock by the loss of their son lucy the nurse on duty convinced baby a's parents to take a break as their other child baby b appeared to be in a stable condition however nearly 27 hours after the tragic death of baby a lucy approached baby b in the pretense of feeding her but instead she injected air into her bloodstream this resulted in baby b collapsing and she stopped breathing at approximately 12:30 am on june 9th just like her brother baby b's skin had also gone pale with white and purple discoloration on her skin the on call doctor dr rachel lamy was alerted to baby b's critical condition and managed to resuscitate her it's noteworthy that lucy had fed baby b just 25 minutes before the baby's sudden collapse on the same day lucy decided to search for information about baby b's parents on her facebook account on june 14th the hospital received another baby a 30 week old premature baby baby c who had experienced complication due to his growth in his mother's womb despite the complications of his case baby c was responding well to his treatment and his breathing support had been reduced in the early hours of june 14th baby b's assigned nurse briefly left his nursery as soon as she left the baby experienced a sudden collapse doctors and nurses rushed to assist and they were able to stabilize him shortly but within the next 15 minutes baby c experienced another collapse lucy was present by his bedside as doctors attempted to provide care but the baby stopped breathing once again a few minutes later baby c was pronounced dead during the autopsy the medical examiner discovered the presence of air in his stomach just as she had done after the deaths of the twins lucy searched for baby c's parents on facebook about 8 days later baby t was born with a suspected infection but she was responding positively to her treatment however in the early hours of june 22nd she experienced three collapses doctors and nurses made every effort to revive her performing cpr for 28 minutes and administrating six doses of adrenaline but their attempts were unsuccessful and they could not save her baby d like the twins also showed an unusual rash on her body during the postmortem examination an x-ray revealed a distinct line of gas in front of her spine 
which was not due to natural causes or the result of medical treatment in a disturbing pattern lucy proceeded to search for baby d's parents on facebook after she passed away on 2nd july 2015 due to three unusual deaths in the hospital they decided to hold a meeting in relation to the death of baby d in the meeting neonatal lead consultant dr stephen brady director of nursing alison kelly and other doctors were present to discuss the rising concerns about the collapses within a month in dr stephen's initial findings lucy's presence was highlighted in all the cases which raised a few eyebrows but no action was taken against lucy as there was no concrete evidence to point her to these deaths so she continued to serve in the neonatal unit the decision to categorize the deaths as medication errors rather than serious incidents involving fatalities appears to have been a significant misjudgment by the committee if they had reported the incidents as the latter it might have prompted a more urgent and thorough investigation potentially preventing further harm to the children and the hospital on august 4th a pregnant woman arrived at the countess of chester hospital after the first hospital had refused to admit her due to a high number of patients at the chester hospital she gave birth to twin boys baby e and f when the mother went to see her babies and deliver her breast milk she heard baby e crying and noticed blood coming out from his mouth baby e had already lost about a quarter of his blood and despite 47 minutes of cpr there was no improvement in his condition the doctors eventually made the difficult decision to stop resuscitation efforts and allowed the mother to hold her baby as he passed away lucy showed an unusual interest in baby e's family she conducted online searches about them starting just days after baby e's death and even continued to monitor and search about them including on christmas eve of 2015 on august 5th lucy shifted her attention to baby f the surviving twin baby f was receiving a bag of fluids to address his health issues however his sugar level and heart rate dropped significantly after some time when doctors investigated his insulin levels the reports provided conclusive evidence that he had been administered insulin indicating possibilities of poisoning no other babies in the nursery had been prescribed insulin as part of their treatment this ruled out the possibility of baby f being mistakenly given medication intended for another child instead it strongly suggested that someone had intentionally tried to harm his life about a month later on 7th september lucy was taking care of an extremely premature baby girl baby g and decided to feed her an excessive amount of milk despite being a small baby she ended up vomiting on her cot nearby chair and on the floor in large quantities soon she suffered a collapse and was found not breathing but she was taken care of and was moved back to the hospital where she recovered 
Later, on 16th September, she was returned to the Chester Hospital. However, two weeks later, Lucy attacked baby G once again, this time by overfeeding her and injecting air into her stomach. While feeding her in the early hours of September 21st, baby G vomited and then stopped breathing. The doctors responded quickly and managed to save her. But due to multiple such episodes, baby G was left severely disabled for the rest of her life. Between September 30th and October 23rd, Lucy turned her attention to baby I. By this time, Lucy, who was working the night shift, had been assigned to work the day shift and the deaths of the babies in the night had ceased. It didn't take long for the nurses and doctors to become suspicious of Lucy's actions. During this period, Lucy attempted to kill baby I in broad daylight, growing more confident in her actions. In her first attempt, she injected air into baby's stomach. But baby I managed to survive. Between September 12th and 13th, Lucy made two more attempts to murder her. During the second attempt, one of her colleagues working the night shift noticed Lucy standing in the doorway of the dark neonatal unit room. She expressed her concern that the baby looked pale. At first, the colleague didn't understand what she meant as the room was pitch dark and nothing was visible inside. However, her comment piqued the colleague's curiosity and quickly turned on the light, revealing that baby I had completely stopped breathing. An expert pediatrician concluded that baby I's health had deteriorated due to the consistent administration of large amount of air in her stomach through a tube. On 23rd October 2015, baby I experienced a collapse in the early hours, prompting doctors to perform CPR on her. They successfully resuscitated her and she even showed signs of hunger. The hospital quickly contacted baby I's parents to update them on their baby's condition. Within the next hour, baby I's alarm began beeping and the nurses rushed to her side, only to find Lucy already at her bedside. One of the nurses offered to take care of the baby, but Lucy interjected and insisted that she would handle it. Baby I collapsed once more and all attempts to revive her were in vain. An expert pediatrician concluded that baby I had been injected with air into her bloodstream. Lucy even sent a sympathy card to baby I's parents after their child's death. By the end of October 2015, Dr. Stephen Brary began to grow increasingly concerned following the death of baby I. As he collected staff reviews and information related to these tragic incidents, he noticed that Lucy was consistently present at various scenes. Another consultant, Dr. Ravi Jairam, who served as a consultant pediatrician at the hospital, raised suspicions about Lucy's involvement in these deaths and alerted the hospital management about the same. Unfortunately, his concerns were not well received by the hospital management. They instructed him not to cause 
any commotion regarding the matter and asked him to apologize to Lucy instead. Around the same time, the ward manager of the hospital initiated a review and identified the concerning pattern that Lucy was consistently present at the scenes wherever an infant collapsed. The findings of this review were then submitted to the lead neonatologist and subsequently to the hospital management. The management decided to escalate their concerns to the hospital trust, seeking attention and intervention. However, despite the clear and alarming pattern observed by the hospital staff, their concerns were ultimately ignored by the trust executives. Between November of 2015 and April of 2016, Lucy's actions ceased and there were no reported deaths during these five months. On February 8, 2016, a thorough review initiated by Dr. Stephen uncovered several common links among nine unusual deaths that had occurred since June 2015. The report highlighted Lucy's connection to these deaths. Dr. Stephen, recognizing the gravity of the situation, urgently requested a meeting with the hospital executives. An email was also sent to the hospital trust where the doctors asked for urgent attention to these events. But their voices went unheard. It wasn't until May of 2016 that any action or response was taken by the hospital. In April, the hospital took measures to restrict Lucy to working only day shifts. On April 9th, the hospital received a pair of twin boys, babies L and M. Lucy initially targeted baby L by administrating an unauthorized dose of insulin, while at the same time she diverted her attention to baby M, injecting air in his bloodstream. Despite Lucy's attempts, both babies made a speedy recovery. On June 3rd, Lucy targeted another premature baby, baby N, who experienced a sudden and alarming drop in blood oxygen levels. However, baby N was fortunate enough to make a full recovery. Independent medical experts examining the case concluded that the baby's sudden deterioration was the result of some kind of inflicted injury or the possibility of having received an injection of air. Baby O, one of the triplets, was born healthy and in good condition. However, on June 23, 2016, his health took a sudden and severe downturn. During this time, Lucy had returned to work from her vacation in Ibiza. On the same day, she injected air into baby O's feeding tube, which blocked his blood supply and resulted in his forced collapse. Despite a fellow nurse's suggestion to move the baby to another nursery, Lucy refused. Around 2:40 p.m., while Lucy was feeding him, baby O suffered another collapse. His oxygen levels and heart rate dropped significantly, prompting doctors and nurses to gather and try to stabilize him. Baby O was intubated, and within the next hour, he experienced another collapse. They managed to stabilize him once more, but when it happened for the third time, the doctors made the heart-wrenching decision to begin CPR. For the next 25 minutes, 
they put all their efforts into trying to save the baby ultimately they made the difficult decision to stop cpr and handed him over to his mother who held him as he took his last breath the postmortem report indicated that the baby had suffered a liver injury similar to what might be observed in a road accident experts emphasized that such an injury could not have resulted from cpr this incident was the only known instance where there was an indication that lucy had allegedly attempted to harm a baby through physical assault the parents of baby o who had already suffered the loss of one of their children requested the hospital to transfer their remaining children to another hospital on june 24th just a few hours after the death of his brother baby p's condition also took a sudden turn for the worse and he collapsed in response to this situation doctors and nurses began preparations to transfer the remaining babies to another hospital while they were in the midst of these preparations lucy made a chilling remark to a doctor stating he's not living here alive is he shortly after this baby p passed away the situation at the hospital became increasingly tense as the unusual deaths continued once lucy was removed from the nursing duty the deaths came to a complete halt the hospital management recognizing the seriousness of the situation informed the nurses that they would be supervised for an internal review particularly those who were involved in the deaths lucy agreed to be supervised as well she was subsequently placed on administrative duties and later started a 3 month secondment in the risk and patient safety office in september 2016 lucy attended a formal review along with her union representative she raised a grievance against the hospital claiming that her removal was orchestrated by consultant doctors without any evidence the court upheld her grievance and supported her return to the hospital she was offered a placement at elder hay children's hospital in liverpool along with support to develop advanced practices or pursue a masters degree the consultant doctors were also asked to send her a letter of apology which they did in february 2017 despite her return to work the lead neonatologist expressed concerns and requested that lucy be removed from the unit citing worries about the safety of other children however the hospital executives believed that the doctors were unfairly targeting lucy and attempting to sabotage her career they were also concerned about potential damage to the hospital's reputation if the police became involved in march 2017 The consultant doctors urged the hospital management to involve the police in investigating the deaths. On April 27th, the management met with the police as Lucy was preparing to return to work on May 3rd, 2017. The hospital trust finally decided to publicly announce the involvement of law enforcement to identify the cause of the deaths. reports from the mother and babies reducing risk through audits and confidential inquiries 
across the UK project revealed a neonatal death rate between June 2015 and June 2016 was at least 10% higher than expected. The neonatal death toll in 2015 had doubled compared to the previous year and the mortality rate had exceeded what could be considered normal rates. Finally, Lucy, who had been working in the risk and patient safety office, was arrested on July 3, 2018 on 8 counts of murder and 6 counts of attempted murder. But is this it? From 2016 to 2018, did Lucy take more lives? How was she arrested and what new information came to light during her investigation? and what happened in the 9 month long trial all of these questions will be addressed in the next episode part 2 of lucy ledby's case if you want to look at the images related to today's case then be sure to check out our social media i've added the links in the description so you can go have a look and if you want to listen to more cases like these subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you are listening we will be back next week with the second part of this episode till then take care and be safe